Welcome to the first episode of Under Control. I'm Paul Bartlett, and on today's show, I sit down with Tony Vonderhaar from the US Boone County Sheriff's Department. Tony joined law enforcement in 1993 and has worked in different areas such as undercover narcotics. Since 2011, he's been a detective in the unit of electronic crimes, specializing in computer and telephone forensics. On this intriguing episode, we will discuss how technology and security plays a role in supporting other police units. We'll also cover how COVID-19 changed the way law enforcement is working on a day-to-day basis. Hey, Tony, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to have you on the show today. I've been looking forward to this one. Um, So I think we're going to get started with just a bit of background about yourself and about the organization that you're working for. Um, And then we'll just go in from there. Okay. Sure. Uh, My name is Tony Vonderhaar. I work for the Boone County Sheriff's Office in Northern Kentucky in the United States. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for about 28 years. I got hired in 1993 and um, got an opportunity to do a lot of different things such as uh, undercover drug work, investigations, uh, been promoted a couple times. And in 2011, I had the opportunity to get into electronic crimes, uh, computer forensics, cell phone forensics, and that's where I've been ever since. Right. Okay. And what about Boone County Sheriff Department? Uh, what kind of area you're covering and, and, and what's the, the community you serve? So Boone County is about 256 square miles. Huh? Uh, we're about 10 miles from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, we have a lot of the Ohio River that borders and, and surrounds Boone County. We have about, a, if I last remember, about 130,000 uh, daytime or nighttime residents, and that, that increases dramatically with uh, the businesses and, mm-hmm. and warehouses that we have. Uh, and our department is about 150 or so uh, sworn deputies. We're the second largest patrol sheriff's office in Kentucky. Right. And, and just I'm curious, you know, illustrious career in law enforcement, and you said you worked in, in, in drug enforcement, you've touched a few other departments as well. How did you get into the digital crimes unit? Was it something that you aspired for or you just kind of fell into it? There was a need? Yeah, so I kind of fell into it. I always kind mm-hmm. of had a, an interest in tech and computers, yeah. cell phones, that kind of a thing. But uh, where my office sat uh, when I was a lieutenant in investigations, my office sat between the two uh, digital forensics guys. And right. uh, we shared the same hallway. So interacting with them on a day to day basis and seeing what they were doing, uh, you know, I, I, I was spending more time in their office. <laughs> hey, what does this do? What, do, you, what, do you, what does that mean? Why yeah. are you doing it this way? And, um, and so luckily, you know, I, I made a proposal to the sheriff, Hey, I'd, I'd like to get into this. I think they could use a third person and, and he agreed. So that's how I, I started my career in electronics. Fantastic. Yeah. And so what's the department made up of then? Is it just yourself and, and you've got a few detectives working in there or are you quite a large department? Well, um, in the investigations whole, mm-hmm. uh, we have about 20 different detectives uh-huh. that are assigned, uh, you know, some are assigned to different task force. Uh, in, in the general investigations, you know, where I work at, we have about 15. Uh-huh. And then electronic crimes, um, right now it's myself and another yep. person, uh, Lieutenant Bill Samad. There is room for a third person, and that third person, he just retired. So okay. we're waiting for the new guy to, to be able to transition from patrol to get in here to get his feet wet and right. get him running. So uh, electronic crimes, we, we have three people in it. 
Okay. And just to, to be clear um, for the listeners, what, what's the electronic climate? I mean, it might sound the obvious question, but maybe a little bit of detail about what that is. In, in, is it just around technology and data or, or does it cover anything else as well? Well, we're really a support wing. Um, right. That's that's kind of what we transition to. We don't do a lot of investigations on our own. Right. Um, but anything that has uh, data to it, whether right. it's a watch, a cell phone, um, you know, computer, what have you, then then we're going to try to extract that data, mm-hmm. make sense of that data, and and put it out into an easy to digest format for the detectives. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, anything else that pops up, you know. Um, tech questions, subpoenas, search warrants, interviews, uh, will assist in that also. Right, I see. So you're supporting the guys out there in the field and then um, hopefully, you know, that, that if there's data lying around. And are you seeing more of that now because there's devices lying around everywhere and oh, people yeah. got mobile faces, they've got iPads, they've got all sorts of stuff. Is that, do you see the, what everybody else is seeing in the industry that everything's starting to move online, everything's starting to go digital? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, it used to be when I started, you uh-huh. know, there was a select type of cases that we were really involved in. Right. Um, and, and mainly that being like child pornography, that kind of a yeah. thing. But uh, nowadays, no matter what type of crime it is, uh, a theft, burglary, drugs, murder, rape, uh, child sexual abuse, you name it. Yeah. Uh, we're working it. We're involved into it because what, what's the one thing that everybody has is a cell yeah. phone primarily. And, uh, man, you can really know somebody's life by, mm-hmm. by going through their cell phone. Yeah, know, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as we have advocates of data privacy, of course, there's a type, there's a place for that. And, and uh, I understand that, you know, those that, that, that break the law, um, this is the place to be able to, to prove, prove evidence and collect evidence uh, significantly. And, and to that point, I mean, have you seen over your time, I mean, you started out, let's say 20 years ago, and the way that collecting evidence and, and, and using technology has evolved as well. I mean, have you kind of always been at the forefront of technology or would you say that you've kind of been lagging behind and companies or vendors have come in and, and always continuously offering you different ways to work or suggesting different ways to work? Yeah, you know, I, I won't say that we're at the forefront, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to say we're, we're 10 years behind the times either. Yeah. You know, a lot of it has to do with um, cost, um, you know, we're, we're in definitely a better shape than a lot of agencies in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but also too, you know, we kind of wait to let some of the technology kind of get vetted out, so to speak, right? before we jump on board and say, hey, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be all in on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, what about when you, you know, you're faced with a plethora of technologies because it's all out there, right? And um, how do you typically go through um, identifying potentially what's the right technology for you to, to move forward with or you'd like to explore it more? I mean, is that down to you? Do you bring a consortium of, tip of people together? I mean, we know that these processes can be, you know, quite political at times but yeah what does it what does it look like for you when you when you're looking for new technology it's really a team effort a group Mm -hmm. effort um it doesn't uh, the ideas or suggestions don't come from one person um obviously Mm -hmm. there's some people that are more in tune to emerging technology um advancements so we're we're lucky there but you know even even somebody that's really not super tech savvy that's in in investigations or or on the cutting edge, so to speak, might have heard something, mm-hmm. you know, might have seen something, and then you know, through them bringing it up or questioning, hey, what about this? Yeah, you know, that will get the ball rolling and and, and the spark going. Mm-hmm. 
and I suppose yourself, you're the, always on the on the lookout and looking at ways to be able to improve within you know the budget or the constraints that you have, but certainly looking to implement technology to, to oh, benefit yeah, the organisation. Oh, yeah, try to be. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and to that point, uh, I mean, you mentioned with the detectives, and I'm always curious about this, and I think we've, we've had a conversation about this before, is about adoption of technology, right? So it's okay having the, having the technology available, but a lot of organisations, not, not just law enforcement, but across the board, are always, oh, it's another technology. Oh, it's right. What are we going to do here? You know, are we going to use it effectively? Is it, does that create some, always some nervousness around when you find something and you want to bring it in, whether it's going to be, you're going to be able to justify bringing it in because everybody wants to use it? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we've we've had adopted some some pieces of tech, mm-hmm. and it's fallen flat on its face. Right. You know, um, for various reasons, either. Mm-hmm. It was too complicated. The guys just weren't buying into it, um, wh- whatever it is. Um, but then we've had some where it's like, okay, yeah, we, we can see this. We're going to make an effort. You know, we try to keep it as simple as possible. And yeah. it, myself and another colleague of mine that's in the um, the crime scene unit, he's very tech savvy, mm-hmm. uh, cutting edge kind of a thing. And, you know, we always get into a debate back and forth of, look, w- this is the right thing to do. We mm-hmm. need to do this. And then it, then the, the counterpoint would be, look, the guys are not going to buy into it. It's mm-hmm. way too complicated or, you know, it's, it, they're, just, they're just not there yet ready to adopt that philosophy. Mm-hmm. So it's always that push and pull of always trying to do the right thing, always trying to be on top of something, but then making sure you're bring, bringing the people behind you, you know. So. Yeah, and, and I suppose it's really important to get those, the, you know, the, the buy-in from everybody when you want to introduce a new technology. It, there will be those that will be early adopters, and then there'll be those that are kind of lagging behind and refuse to change. Because I suppose as well, with any technology, there's a process behind it as well, right? So it means a process change potentially as well. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to sort of touch on as well that. Um, you know, we've spoken in the past about particular use case you've got for for our service, but I think that's really important as well that you were saying that the way that you were moving data in the past um, wasn't efficient enough. Would you touch on that topic for me a little bit about, if, if possible, about the risks involved or the risks that you saw and, and why you needed to change? Yeah, and I'm sure like a lot of other places, you know, um, we'd have guys you know, and the department would buy external hard drives mm. of various sizes, thumb drives. And, but, you know, they get lost, misplaced. You yeah. know, you, you lend it out to somebody and they never come back. Do you have one that's big enough? And, and besides that, besides having the, the, this data storage capability, um, there's the risk that comes with, okay, is it encrypted? Are we handling the information securely in, in, in the proper way to do it? And of course, a lot of times, honestly, the answer was, yeah, no, it wasn't. Yes, we were handing it directly to somebody, <laughs> but, you know, if they would have lost it, um, yeah. you know, what, what have you. And so part of bringing people along, you know, after a while when Electronic Crimes Unit um, that I'm part of would just say, look, I don't have any more external hard drives to give you. I yeah. don't have any more thumb drives to give you. Then those, you know, it affected the detectives, right? Right. So even they saw that, okay, now this is becoming my problem. So what are we going to do? So that's when we started looking at, you know, encrypted cloud storage, Mm -hmm. moving data a lot more efficiently and more securely. Mm -hmm. And so that helped those people, you know, come on board saying, okay, yeah, this is something new, but you know, we're tired of doing it the old way. So Mm -hmm. 
uh, we're ready to to try something different. So yeah, and I think you particularly highlighted one case. You're using actually a resource um, from the force when you need to share uh, sensitive information with other law enforcement agencies, right? So I think there was a case where you have to drive it across the river, um, which I was fascinated by, but you know, that's, that's what it is, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And we would run in those cases all the time, you know, yeah. the case would start here and we'd have information that then would lead to literally the state of California, uh, you know, right. across the country. Well, how are we going to get that data to them? You know, and in the past it would be, all right, we're going to drop it certified mail. You know, we're going to put, you know, tape on it, property mm-hmm. tape, and then, you know, that kind of a thing. But really, is, is that the best way of doing things? Mm-hmm. And, and the answer is no. So, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is just, again, just bringing everybody up to speed with that. And once they see the benefits of that and, and, and releasing potentially an officer, which you said, we, you know, we're driving across the border into the next state to stand mm-hmm. over a drive, which is a vehicle, which is a, you know, a hard disk with the potential of it getting lost or broken or you know, anything else. Mm-hmm takes that away right so that's a saving in the end so it's it, i remember that story well and i just thought i'd bring it up here because it's it was absolutely fascinating for me yeah also from your time in in law enforcement where, where you've you've seen you've mentioned a couple of the the pitfalls of not adopting technology but where have you seen it benefit you know where has it kind of made a complete step change to you um you know, is it something where you've moved to cloud because you can um, collaborate a lot better with other law enforcement agencies or with the attorney's office? Or what have there been the significant changes that you've seen by introducing technology? You know, a, a recent uh, mm-hmm. event that also in part led us to, to go into encrypted cloud storage, such as Treasure It. We had a murder case. The guy had been convicted. He got a, a retrial. He won a retrial in part based on what the defense was saying, that they did not receive all mm-hmm. of the evidence, particularly the data part of the evidence, not just, you know, the forensic side of it, but, you know, video surveillance uh, reports, right. um, that kind of a thing. They did not properly receive that. And the, and the way it works is we turn over all of our stuff and discovery to the Commonwealth attorney, the prosecutor, and then the prosecutor then in turn gives all that stuff to the defense. So during the, the, the retrial hearing, I sat in on that, was part of that. And after listening to the testimony, I thought, you know something, this was never a problem before, obviously. We did everything correctly. Um, there was paper documentation, but the question came down to exactly, yes, we got a, a one terabyte hard drive. Yes, it had video surveillance on it. Yes, it had some reports on it. But what exactly did it have on it? So because of that, we, we got um, a, a hashing program that would hash mm-hmm. out every single file in there mm-hmm. and then would run that as a test so that you could see if something didn't copy correctly, if something got right. corrupted, if something got changed. But then also with, with the cloud part of it, now when I give this to the Commonwealth attorney, I have documentation that on this date and time from right. this IP address, they received it, they downloaded it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can keep that now, that receipt and, and say, yeah, no, you got everything. And also, um, you know, with the ability to, you only get this many downloads and it's only mm-hmm. good for this part of time, then that's where the security aspect comes in on it too. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and to that point, Tony, I think I've been talking to other um, customers as well about the digital audit trail. Um, oh, and it's good to hear that that's something that's invaluable to you because I think it is more and more important going forward as we move into that digital world. And typically, we might have had a file in cabinet. We've got a document out. You might have to sign a book to say that you checked this record, that record. Now it's a lot more easier, right? So, like, oh. you can, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you know, and, and, and it kind of uh, branched off then a little bit, and we, we yeah. discussed um, part of the, the thing that is a side benefit, you know, when we're looking like a treasure and stuff uh, specifically, besides all the stuff we just talked about, the ability of the guys to have an app on their phone, because, you know, you have a major mm -hmm. case, right? And you can have, you know, the whole investigative unit working on, on a murder case or what have you. And so you got 10, 15 different people going out on their own, mm -hmm. getting each of their little puzzle piece of yeah. that case, right? So how are we going to collaborate out in the field securely? So for them to be able to go out and use Treasure It's app to take a secure picture of a phone, bypassing, you know, mm -hmm. that, that picture potentially going into private cloud storage, yeah. but going into a secure folder that the case agent, the, the lead case detective set up, and and to drop and drag all that stuff in there and then that way too if you need to get somebody's information their 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 mm -hmm. picture their date of birth what have you there's no more calling there's no more texting hey what about this what about that they can go right into that folder look at all the information that they need yeah. and uh and, and and it makes it so much more secure it makes it much mm -hmm. so much more efficient and really that was a side benefit a, a very pleasant side benefit we never even thought of yeah uh, when we're doing something like that so yeah. that's a huge benefit yeah and i and the same with i think with public services or you know in law enforcement you get audited like everybody else right so there you know there are times when you have to produce audit trails um yes. or they get requested and um i think this is despite from our, obviously our technology as well i think technology in general um can provide those time stamps um more clearly when information was transferred documented properly as well um who accessed it different activity walls um it really is uh, something that I'm keen to see people using technology to, to that benefit. So moving on to the desert, the present day now, mm -hmm. looking back and, and seeing all of those benefits for, for technology, where are you now with the COVID situation? Because, I mean, it's caused disruption for everybody, so I'm sure that it must have caused some disruption for you. But as in law enforcement, it's is it is it you know, service as normal or is there concessions that you've had to make? Um, no, it's, it's definitely not normal. Yeah. Um, you know, on, on the patrol side, uh, they were affected uh, on how they were handling calls. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, a lot more stuff was being taken care of over the telephone, if possible. Mm -hmm. Everything was being taken care of outside the house, speaking to people when possible. Uh, you know, minor changes such as that. From an investigative standpoint, you, you know, um, back in March, the sheriff sent everybody home. Everybody mm -hmm. works from home. To we, I have a handle on what's going on. Right. And so, of course, like a lot of places, that left us scrambling. Okay. Yeah. So how we go to work cases, you know, mm -hmm. when you're used to being together, exchanging information, having easy access to data. So that left our IT department for the county and, right. and, and us, all right, proper VPN, making sure that the laptops are encrypted properly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something were to happen to it. And then from electronic crime standpoint, all right, how are we going to handle the images and the data properly or, or you know mm. we need to make sure that they're secured when we're at the house and uh, so there was a lot we were left scrambling obviously mm. uh with 
with handling things securely and properly. So. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just not a case of, okay, you've got the technology available. It's about the process as well, right? It's also, are we complying? Are we also um, meeting regulation guidelines working remotely? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and also, you know, the, the, the personal side of it, you know, from, from being at home, okay, guys, look, you need to make sure that your antivirus is up to date. You know, you got proper malware, not only on the, on the laptop, the work issued laptop, but at your home, make sure that everything's secured and locked down. So, you know, people needed to take an extra step, you know, yeah. from their personal lives also to make sure that, you know, their work life wasn't going to be impacted negatively. Mm-hmm. on that aspect of it yeah also myself working remotely as well we went through again you know a load of changes in process and that took some time to get used to and the way that we log in um, personal devices as well so it was certainly also from our side you know challenging um, very much like what you guys went through but i think um it's just interesting because you assume that well maybe law enforcement carries on the same same way as it always did but no you were also in the same boat as everyone else um you had to make those adjustments so that was uh, and and what's the situation now i mean is it is it still that you're all working remotely or are you kind of implementing new ways of working about getting back to the office and getting back together as a team how's that working out yeah well right now um everybody's been brought back uh to the office and investigations you know, obviously we're, we're waiting to see what happens mm-hmm. with the spikes and everything, but right now yeah. it's kind of, you know, business is normal, so to speak, yeah. uh, in investigations mm-hmm. and the, and the patrol still obviously tries to do what they can to, to stay safe and have distance with people um, yeah. as best as they can. But no, right now we're, we're kind of, kind of back to the nine to five, so to speak. Right. And how about the attorney's office and, 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 and the court? Are you, are you back to normal? Are they back to normal, or are they also working with some kind of video technology as well? Yeah, no, they're they're not back to normal. Right. Um, and in fact, we have uh, several big cases mm-hmm. that um, have been postponed again uh, because of uh, different case law. That you know, once a case gets started, right. You know, if if some of the jurors do get infected by COVID, mm-hmm. you know, that puts a wrench in it, and double jeopardy comes into play. A lot of things. So uh, right now. Um, there's been some uh, on the federal side of some cases I've heard there's some been some minor hearings I think going on but on the state side pretty much all the cases you know, like I said have been been postponed for quite a while yeah and I'm going into the future now I mean what, what do you see for the future for, for law enforcement around technology uh, as well is I mean are you more or less content with what you've got are you lacking somewhere is it what do you see for the future um, what can make things with life a little bit easier for you? Of course, COVID's come along and that's changed things, but has it brought digital transformation early for you or is what's the situation? Yeah, well, with, you know, with COVID, I had heard um, a person say that, you know, it hasn't, what, what the pandemic has done is, is accelerated everything. Yeah. So things that were coming, and I can tell you with my wife, working for the federal government, you know, there was right. talk that, you know, in five years, you know, well, yeah, you'll get a laptop, maybe you can work from home. Well, that five <laughs> years is now today, you know? Um, yeah. and, the, and the same thing for us. I mean, um, obviously it's accelerated ideas that we've had, you know, about possibly working from home from time to time, if something were to happen, you know, that, that kind of jump started us in that area too. 
looking at that for, for possible future situations. You know, you, you never really know, mm-hmm. I, I guess, from my opinion, like the, the what your imagination you bring with technology. Um, yeah. We just kind of keep our eyes open and, 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 and see where we can benefit from yeah. where we can. And as a law enforcement, of course, you get together and you share ideas from different states. I don't know, in the past, you've been in, in several conferences and things like that. And of course, that whole conference scene is is not there, not there anymore. So is how is how are you guys going to be are you going to be online sharing that information is it just on hold for the time being how do you collaborate with with the other uh, forces yeah so a lot of it has been pushed online to mm-hmm. virtual classes so to speak and and that's it's better than nothing mm-hmm. um, obviously you miss that uh human interaction you know that just happens yeah with ideas and sharing ideas but yeah there, there's been a lot of the online uh, transitioning that's that's been going on so and again you you, t- you take what you can get yeah so you, you know we'll, we'll uh, right for right now i mean that's that's how we're going to get our training uh that's how we're going to still collaborate with people you know that we have messaging apps that kind of a thing that we stay in touch with one another uh trying to exchange ideas have you seen this have you heard of that yeah but it's still it's not the same mm-hmm. and what about from a regulation perspective i mean do you see anything uh, i mean your regulators as, as, as much as anybody else do you see anything changing in that perspective i mean typically probably law enforcement as much as they embrace technology there's a lot of red tape to go through okay um but i assume now maybe there's an opportunity to to cut away some of that red tape and and, and speed things up from what you actually need. You know, we're all, we're very cautious mm-hmm. uh, when, when we're doing anything like that. I, I don't know how much red tape mm-hmm. is actually going to be cut or we're cutting now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's, it, that'll, it's going to, uh, you know, speed things up for right. us, so to speak in that regard. I mean, it, it, it will accelerate some things, but we're always mm-hmm. still going to be making sure we cross the T's, dot the I's. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we always want to get it right. And especially uh, in today's climate, you know, where we need to be scrutinized, we need to be watched. There needs to be documentation of things. You know, you, you don't want to cut corners for the sake of uh, speed and efficiency, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm just a little bit conscious of time here. And I know we've talked about the about the future um, of tech, but um, what it means for law enforcement. What is it that, uh, I've just got one other question. What is it that you, you know, that you've seen really change uh, tech? Because of all the time that you've been in law enforcement, what was the thing that really changed it? Was it the introduction of mobile devices because detectives worked remotely? What is it, the big thing that really created a mega shift for law enforcement? You know, I, I honestly have to say encryption. Right. You know, and, and there's obviously a, a bill being introduced in, in, in the United States about uh, allowing backdoors, so to speak, in encryption. And when you come mm-hmm. across cell phones, the encryption and and what is that balance of, you know, being private yeah. and secure versus, you know, um, the public's need to know, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. law enforcement, the government's need to know. So I'd, I'd say encryption is really the big thing. Mm-hmm. you know on, on uh, that we discuss here on, yeah. on that aspect of it yeah because i suppose you know it's slightly a double-edged sword for for law enforcement when you need that encryption because of the sensitive information that you collect and of course you know there are bad actors out there but what about the, when you need access you know you need to get access to someone's device and it's encrypted so those are always, uh, I think, a, a, top, a continuous topic of, of discussion. As you mentioned, uh, there are certain bills raised in the U.S. 
uh, around that. Okay, listen, Tony, I know it's been short and sweet, but I've we've covered a lot and I've really interested and I'm really happy that we've had this discussion. It's been insightful. Thanks a lot for your time. Really appreciate it. Oh, my, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, hopefully it, it, it was beneficial to you. It was fantastic. It was great. And that's it for today's episode of Under Control. You can find links to all of our social platforms and to our guests in the episode description. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join us in two weeks' time for the next episode. Thank you.